Welcome to the Shark City Podcast, the official podcast of Shark City Hockey, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host, Aaron James. This is the 69th episode, and we have quite a lot to catch up to. We're not going to spend too much time on it. We'll breeze on through it. It's been about 10 days since the last time we got together to talk hockey here in Shark City, and we have some milestones to share with y'all. It's going to be... um, Quite the uh, time travel, so let's get through that quickly here, and um, then we'll catch up to more recent news, such as the Sharks playing their last game of the regular season at home. Uh, but first, you know, the San Jose Sharks, they've done the unthinkable for some of you fans out there. Um, they went on a mini winning streak, almost four consecutive games. They earned seven points in a four-game stretch. Since then, they've dropped to Colorado twice and more, most recently to the Edmonton Oilers, their final game at home. Um, so again, the Sharks, they obtained the best odds of landing Connor Bedard just a little bit over a couple of like weeks ago. And then they decided to, you know, go on a winning streak. Till tears were heard everywhere across Sharks territory as the Sharks, again, nearly won four consecutive games. Um... They defeated the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime, the game that featured Henry Thrun, who made his National Hockey League debut. Thrun earned two assists in his first NHL game, with the first assist being tallied at 4 minutes and 16 seconds into the first period. Per Dan Rusinowski on Twitter, Henry Thrun became the third player in Sharks franchise history to get a point within the first five minutes of a game. The overtime victory against Vegas also featured Thomas Bordalo playing in his First NHL game of the season, appropriately so against the divisional rivals Golden Knights, and helps the Sharks earn a victory. You know those fills are coming back to back here in Sharks territory as Bordalo gets it done again against the Golden Knights in OT. Uh, sounds like Sharks scored a touchdown. They would have scored seven goals on WrestleMania Saturday. Out of all days, they put on a show when WrestleMania is going on. Daniel Gushin made his NHL debut and also scored his first NHL goal. As a matter of fact, Daniel Gushin had played five games in a six-game stretch between the Sharks and the Cuda. So super excited to see this guy hopefully earn a full-time position on the third or fourth line next season. Uh, Noah Greger scored his first career NHL hat trick against the Coyotes. And Kyle Crisculo also got called up from the CUDA and he scored his first career NHL goal. For those of you who are unaware, Chris Kulu is 30 years old. He was acquired by the Sharks in a trade with the Red Wings back in January. Uh, so Sharks hosted Avs back to back again as we briefly just catch up from the last 10 days since we've got together to talk Sharks hockey here in Shark City. Avs came to the tank and they stole one in overtime in my opinion. The Sharks made an epic comeback. They fell in overtime in Capo Kakinen's 100th NHL game. Kevin LeBanc almost scored a hat trick, including an overtime on a two-on-one rush. I mean, that overtime was back and forth. Kevin LeBanc had himself quite a second period. He honestly owned that game. Um, obviously, um, the Sharks fell again to the Colorado Avalanche in Part 2, and then most recently against the... Edmonton Oilers in the final game of the season at the Shark Tank. Um, so, yeah, it's been a long season, especially if you're a season ticket holder. If I'm not mistaken, some news out there, I'm not going to drop names, but if you know, you know, some 
prominent Bay Area athletes apparently were even giving their season tickets away. Okay, so it's it's not been it's not been you know a fair experience for Sharks fans at the tank in downtown San Jose this season. The Sharks piled up more than thirty losses. There's only forty one games played at the Shark Tank. I think 40 this year because one of our home games, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, because one of our home games officially was um, back overseas when we played against Nashville for that global series. So, yeah, it's it's astonishing. It really is. Um, I knew the Sharks were going to be pretty bad this season, especially because that's what everyone just kept prepping you. They kept, you know, war- you know, they kept priming you for. A horrible season and they try to incentivize it with the pros the prospect of getting or you know getting Connor Bedard. But the reality of the situation is that you know I did not expect the San Jose Sharks to be so horrible at home. Um but it is what it is. Honestly, I'm glad this portion of the season's over. I honestly cannot wait for this season to come to an end. And um before it does, however, there's one thing that we wanted to see, and it's very unfortunate that he got held off the scoreboard in the final game of the tank, but it's Eric Carlson get 100 points this season. So, Eric Carlson has been on fire, to say the least, these last, um, you know, these last 10 games. Uh, he has some goals. Um, let me just kind of rewind it here so I could... Do this, uh, you know, show proper respect to his accomplishments, his accomplishments here. But essentially, Eric Carlson, uh, he got an assist on Logan Couture's goal that first game against the Avs to get his 96 point of the year. With his 74 assist, he passed Roman Josie and Sergei Zuboff for, you know, most assists in a season by a defenseman. Um, so Sergei Zuboff did it back in 93-94. Uh, Roman did it in 21-22. Eric Carlson has become the San Jose Sharks' second all-time single-season scoring leader. The only person to score more points than Eric Carlson is Joe Thornton in a single season. So again, I I beg the question out there, Sharks territory. After, if Eric Carlson, I mean, I don't even think it matters if he gets 100 points or not. At this point, and maybe when he reaches 90, like... He, how do you not see him being a part of the San Jose Sharks plan next season? I know a lot of you are talking about him uh, potentially being traded. And that's another thing we should get into because that was an article that was ran by the Mercury News a few days ago. That being was the game against the Edmonton Oilers, Eric Carlson's last game at the tank as a shark. Now, Eric Carlson had wood on record and I quote to say, I think we all understand the situation. It's not something that I want to try and think about right now. I think once the season is over and done with, we'll sit down and evaluate and move on from there. But right now, I don't try to focus too much on what's going to happen in the future. Eric Carlson obviously is open to the idea of being traded. I mean, throughout the entire season, he says that he wants to compete for a cup. You know, he he wants to win. The real question now for Sharks fans is, does Eric Carlson believe he could actually do so with the Saudi Sharks next season and so on. 
I also think it has to do with whether or not Mike Greer feels he'll get the proper compensation for an Eric Carlson trade. Anyways, only time will tell. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to have to see where the Sharks finish off the season. Um, only a few games remain now. And um, yeah, honestly, I'm happy. I'm glad. Um, I know a lot of you right now are trying to play the whole, um, you know, tank for Bedard game still. And I know a lot of you are getting a little worried there when he got those seven points in that four-game stretch. Um, but as I said in previous episodes, and I'm just going to say it one more time, I don't care if the Sharks draft Connor Bedard. I don't care who they draft, to be honest, only because the only thing I care about is this era of rebuilding, retooling, tanking, or whatever you want to label it coming to an end. I'm hoping and I'm praying that this draft year will symbolically begin the next wave. And whoever the Sharks select, I imagine they'll be fantastic additions to the organization. Uh, so I just want to emphasize one more time. I don't care who the Sharks select in the draft. I only care about this era of four consecutive losing seasons. With the only constant in Sharks territory being buyouts, retained salaries, ELC slides, behind the scenes BS, and signaling that gets lost in translation, if you know you know, coming to an end. Now, I don't know how long this recipe will last, but the Sharks will have to find more ways to spice things up if they want the fans to continue to bite, okay? If if everything rides on one name being Bedard next season, then I don't think it's going to be, like, a, a great season. Like, I think it'll be something, like, I mean, I know it sounds outlandish. I mean, we just seen Connor McDavid, uh, you know, earn his 150th point of the season on the sounds of sharks so yeah you know it puts things in perspective like imagine Connor bedard wearing a till jersey scoring potentially a hundred and something points with ease yeah that's exciting it is but you know what's equally exciting is drafting whoever it is with whatever position we may fall in if it's not number one and then being an amazing or an excellent addition to the likes of thomas bordalo william Eklund. Ozzy Weisblatt, Tristan Robbins, Daniel Gushin, Co. Raska, McNiemi, Goodrow, and so on, right? I want to see these guys win now because our future stars, the stars that they pumped up and promoted to us the last few seasons, you know, they're on the CUDA and they're waiting for their chance to play now. And I honestly want to see them win now with all respect to those who want to tank for Bedard because I want to see those kids be successful now, right? I want to see what the Sharks are going to be able to work with as they plug and play in these prospects and see what I have as a fan to look forward to next season. And I don't want to be in the stands, especially if you're a season ticket holder, to watch the Sharks lose more than 20 games at home. All right. My apologies. But yeah, so again... If we get Connor Bedard, I would prefer the Sharks to do so by winning the draft lottery. I said this again, so I just want to reinstate that. You know, I'd rather see the Sharks logo get revealed when they pull up the placard versus, you know, being the worst team in the league. You know, we still have a chance. Obviously, the worst thing that happens is we drop two draft spots. The best thing that happens is we get number one overall. So for those of you who are on the Bedard watch, there's still a chance. And for those of you who are kind of like me, they want to see the Sharks win now. They want to see the talent that we have in our talent pool, uh, you know, surface and be put on the main roster. Uh, you know, we still got opportunity to do that without jeopardizing the 
you know, chances of getting Bedard, in my opinion. Anyways, so yeah, that's it. I just, to me, I feel like all this this draft talk and whoever it is we get, I hope, again, it symbolically symbolizes the end of this era, the beginning of the, the actual real beginning of a new era and next wave. The Sharks actually evolve. And yeah. Anyways, all this, I just want this to be put behind us so bad. Um, never in my lifetime have I ever seen the fan base essentially be encouraged to like, you know, um, be okay with, with losing games, be okay with tanking. I've, I've never, never. Okay. And and I'm just going to say this probably for the last time on this, uh, on this series, but uh, I've never seen anybody be so or not anybody i've never seen the fan base collectively is a better way of saying it like disappointed is not not even the right way of saying it like they almost detested the team like i can't believe the team doesn't know how to like tank properly like i've never heard of that in my life and i understand what you know what the prize is but come on anyways i want this i want this era to be over i want this era to be over and that's it from tea to green, the best place to go to get in all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer they want. So, for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right, we got an update with the William Eklund injury. Uh, last time we got together, I shared with you that David Quinn, the head coach of Sharks, didn't even know what was going on with William Eklund. Uh, well, via ESPN, William Eklund underwent surgery on his left shoulder, and he will miss the rest of the season. Only a few games left. Uh, the Sharks said that Eklund had the op- he had a surgery. The operation was to repair a torn uh, labrum, and is expected to make a full recovery before the start of training camp next season. Uh, that'll be about September. Uh, Eklund posted on his Instagram account at Eklund underscore seventy two. And I quote, an earlier ending than I expected. Want to thank the fans for the season, and I'm looking forward to see you guys back here next year, end quote. Uh, you know, nice little shout-out to the fans. Uh, he's in town with his father, actually. Uh, he's been posting on Instagram, like, you know, he's been out there in Los Gatos, and, you know, his pops has been checking out the game. So, you know, um, still in good spirits, which is nice to see because, um, you know, back-to-back injuries is kind of, like, you know, scary. 
especially you know when this guy is like you know a huge piece of you know the shark's uh, future plan. Uh, so speaking of um, you know around September or you know the preseason training camp, the San Jose Sharks are going to be playing a game in Salt Lake City. How about that? The 2023 Frozen Fury at Salt Lake City is going to feature the Los Angeles Kings face-off against the San Jose Sharks on October 5th. So tickets go on sale April 14th in about five days from this episode being published at 10 a.m. to the general public. If you're a season ticket holder, I believe you get access early. So, you know, check out, you know, reach out to whoever, you know, you have to your rep to get information on that. But it's going to be pretty awesome. Apparently, uh, the news behind that story is NHL Commissioner Gary Bentman was hanging out with the Utah Jazz owner Ryan Smith. This story is coming out of a KSL Sports. Apparently, Salt Lake City, they have interest in bringing a National Hockey League to their city. Um, that's not surprising considering that the 2002 Winter Olympics were hosted by Salt Lake City. And apparently they are a heavy favorite to host again in 2030. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be pretty chill to see what would happen if, um, you know, this works out. So this is supposed to be like some kind of test run, apparently. That's what fans are dubbing it, at least. Um, what's going on here is the San Jose Sharks and the LA Kings. Apparently, this is like the fifth year. Now, pardon me if I'm wrong in this, but this is like the um, the fifth consecutive game. I could be wrong. Um, but long story short is the Frozen Fury in Salt Lake City, you know, they're trying to see if there's a general interest from the, you know, general, you know, surrounding population there. And if it all works out, then maybe in the future, you know, we'll have another divisional rival added to our... Well, maybe not. Maybe they'll go over there into Central. But you know what I'm saying. All right. So, um, you know, thank you again for uh, coming to Shark City to talk some hockey. I'm Aaron James. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media at Shark City Hockey across the board. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. All right. So the last thing I want to talk to you all about today is Fanatics NHL jerseys are going to be made in Canada. So in a publisher's note... The Hockey News reported that the Fanatics NHL on-ice uniforms and authentic jerseys at retail will all be made in Canada by SP Apparel in Quebec. Alright, so I don't know if this is going to change how everyone out there feels about Fanatics. I know the hockey community is, um, and I feel like it's a small, a small, you know, portion a very loud portion, uh, portion, but a small portion of you know, um, the consumers out there. I I don't know if this is going to help anyway, but I know like made in Canada is almost considered like you know, like the top tier, top shelf. All right, like for a lack of uh, better terms. Um, so Fanax, in my opinion, was always it was always the economy. You know, brand, in my opinion, you know, I mean, you get what you pay for. I'm not going to restate some things I've already kind of shared throughout this series. Um, and then, you know, when you go to Adidas, you know, for some jersey collectors out there, that's still not good enough. The premium brand, right? Like, that's what I would uh, label it. 
where it is kind of like pretty darn close to what the players wear in the ice is not exact. All right. And then you have those who scrutinize those premium jerseys depending on where it's made. You know, so like, you know, the the best that fans, collectors, and pardon me for having generalizations when, you know, describing all this, but the best for them would be a player like worn jersey that was made in Canada, right? Um, but as far as like the retail level, like the best would be, you know, whatever the premium brand is made in Canada. Anyways, that's the general overview that I want to give the background for this um this segment so apparently again fanatics nhl jerseys are going to be made in canada all right so sp apparel in quebec makes jer- they have made jerseys for adidas the international ice hockey federation and now they'll be making the jerseys for fanatics at the start of the 2024 2025 nhl season um the publisher's note goes on to remind fans i thought this was pretty interesting uh, that less than 10 years ago, and I quote, okay, less than 10 years ago, if you wanted a jersey or product for a player that just got drafted, was traded to your team, or was having a breakout season, you were waiting weeks, if not months. That's no longer the case. Fanatics completely transformed the industry to help satisfy the growing instantaneous wishes of all consumers living in today's digital world, end quote. So, Fanatics wants to remind you that once upon a time ago, you had to wait forever. <laughs> to get your product and apparently they 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 revolutionized the game apparently all right um so i just want to share with you they also recognized the you know the noise that's being made like i mentioned i feel like you know it's a loud small portion of fans out there but they also went and mentioned that they uh they recognize it and i quote they said this and even if all the complaints many being randomly thrown around social media have merit they represent less than the point zero 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 one percent of the total amount of products that fanatics sells each year which is way below the normal product defect tolerance level so the hockey news wants you to know that fanatics jerseys will be made in canada by sp apparel who is proven and they've made jerseys for top brands or the you know top competitive hockey events or tournaments right and they're going to be the ones that are going to essentially be manufacturing the fanat the fanatics nhl jersey so um maybe there's some upside to it i again i really don't care about the fanatics things the whole ordeal i've never had a problem when i purchased with them online nor have i had an issue with their products for me again I am one of those people who's like, hey, you get what you pay for. If you want a better quality, if that's what you want to call it, jersey, well, then don't expect to get it at an economic price. You know what I'm saying? All right. You know, it's almost, yeah. And it's almost been about, you know, regulation of um, hockey here. So I'm going to call it a day. It's it's a nice, uh, you know, holiday weekend. Happy Easter to everybody out there. I'm Aaron James. Thank you for um, tuning in to this episode of the Shark City Podcast. Shark City Podcast, official podcast of Shark City Hockey. And we are proud affiliates of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we'll probably get together one more time this season to wrap it all up and to, you know, give our review and our take on what has been the 2022-2023 season. 
So until then, uh, you know, uh, it's just worth saying, you know, one more time because we only have a few games less left. Uh, let's go Sharks. And uh, yeah, don't, don't forget to like, subscribe, and all that jazz. Um, and, you know, we'll talk to you all again later. All right, see you.